In today's show, we look ahead to Wednesday in the NBA. There are 10 games on, what we're watching for, streaming options, how the rest of the week and the next six, seven, eight days shake out. Yeah, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, in the game. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Okay, we're talking Wednesday. Now, normally... On a Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, I would do a buy low, sell high show, which when trade deadlines ended, we turned into an over and underperforming show. But with 10 days left in the regular season, there's no real point in me doing that. So I'm not doing it. I'd put my time into doing other things. Um, and that's you know, this show here, but we're not doing the over underperforming shows for the rest of the season. Because again, you know, what, what's it mean? There's a, there's a week left and we're not going to get that ability to get variance in over the next two weeks because there's not even two weeks left in the season. So those shows for this regular season are done. Now let's look ahead to the Wednesday in the NBA with some injury reports out. Some of them still waiting on, but we'll talk about what we're expecting to happen. And there's always going to be something random that crops up tomorrow before those games drop. So, uh, Wani. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. The first game we take a look at here is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Indiana Pacers. You're going to notice that nearly every team that we talk about plays Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, the rest of the week. It stinks the rest of this week in terms of schedule. Because you've got, there's 10 games Wednesday, and then there's only two games Thursday, two games Saturday. So there is, what, four teams playing on Thursday, four teams playing on Saturday. That is eight teams playing, and then one of them is a double up with the Pelicans. So you've got seven, only seven more teams playing on low volume days for the rest of the week. It's pretty rough in trying to find streamers. And then, of course, those guys only play one game. So be really cautious about overreacting to moves with guys that only play, say, Friday, Sunday, when you maybe can't use them. You need to be really looking at guys who, because of injuries and situations like that, jump up to become startable players on that Friday, Sunday before wasting an ad on them. That makes it tough for sure. We're talking about the Bucks and the Pacers here. The Bucks are one of those teams that play Thursday. They got the Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday combo. Of course, the Pacers go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And the Pacers are going to fall into one of those discussions that I mentioned just before. I I wish I had more info on the Pacers injury situation. I don't. My information is, is that they are mo- or not most likely done, but let's say a greater than 50% chance that Halliburton and Turner don't play this season. There is a greater than 50% chance of that. Um, but it's only marginally above 50%. I think Buddy Heald, 
who missed last game with an illness, I think there is a decent chance that he does play. And Chris Duarte has just had this ankle problem basically since the start of the season. So I am going to just rule Chris Duarte out. I think he's, he's, his injury is actually legitimate. Halliburton's is there. Like he did hurt it, but I don't think he's actually that hurt. And Turner's back problems sort of giving him problems. Of course, he's seven foot tall. He's going to have back issues, but it's not really an issue to the way Duarte's is. So I'm going to assume that Chris Duarte is out. I'm going to assume that Halliburton and Turner are out as well, but I don't know that. And I'm going to assume that Heald's probably 50-50. On the Buck side of things, while well, this is a back-to-back for them, now, interestingly, they've listed both Joe Ingles and Chris Middleton as questionable for Wednesday's game. I am very, very doubtful that they play that game. I don't know why they would play the game against the Pacers and sit the game against the Bucks, unless or against the Celtics on Thursday. Unless they're just like, well, we don't need to show you anything, Boston, here, like, we're not giving you our full team to game plan or try things against. That's a possibility as well. But Middleton and Ingles are going to sit, I would guess. The fact that they've popped up as on the injury report is questionable. They're going to sit Wednesday or Thursday. What day that is, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. But Drew Holiday has come off the injury report. And Giannis, who missed last game, is probable. I thought there was a chance that Giannis would sit this game as well. Back-to-back, knee soreness, all that sort of stuff. And they obviously sat that game against the Pistons on Monday. So we still don't exactly know what's going on with this team in terms of injuries for the Bucks here either. Jay Crowder is out, which obviously helps Bob Portis, and more would push up for Portis if Giannis does happen to be out, but it doesn't look like Giannis will be because he is listed probable. That's a long spiel on this one game. What we do want to watch is Brook Lopez. Is there any chance Brook Lopez sits a game here? Look, his minutes have been a little bit all over the place the last four games. 32, 25, 26, 19, 35. He's been awesome. And in games where Giannis sits, he really steps it up. But he did have a game off against the Pacers last time. He didn't play. I don't think he's sitting this one because he's not on the injury report. But just watch how they manage injuries here. Grayson Allen's someone to watch because I don't think he's at really much risk of sitting. And when you don't have many teams playing Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back. In fact, when I say you don't have many teams playing Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back, you have one team playing Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back, and it's these blokes. And if Allen plays, you might get 54, 56 minutes out of him. You might get 16 points, five threes, three steals, 10 assists, which is pretty bloody good. So we want to see if he's able to deliver anything. On the Pacers side of things, again, my assumption is that Miles Turner is out. They started sticks as the starting center, Jalen Smith, with Isaiah Jackson coming off the bench, but it didn't actually matter. Both guys played 24 minutes. Now, I very firmly believe that Isaiah Jackson's the better player and better prospect, so I'd be pumping 28 into him, but I'm not. I'm not the coach, so I don't get to make that decision. But let's see what they do. Are they going to alternate these blokes starting every game? Are they going to just play 24-24 depending? It doesn't matter who starts or not. I don't know. And we need to see that. And then I also want to watch Andrew Nempard because if if Duarte, Halliburton, and Heald are out, and I don't think Heald will be out, but if those guys are out, Nempard is an ad. Like McConnell's an ad, Nempard's an ad, Nwora's an ad, Neesmith maybe is an ad, but he's the bottom of that list, and Smith and, and Jackson are all ads. But that is all dependent on the absence of Duarte, or not not as much Duarte, but Halliburton, Turner, and a little bit of Heald. So I think Nembhard can be an ad, but this is the conundrum we're in. Like, if Halliburton... I know I'm talking a lot about this game, and it's going to filter through to all these other games, don't worry. But when we talk about the absence of Miles Turner, if we assume he's out for the season, then Isaiah Jackson would be startable Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. I would start him as one of my best 10 players Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Nembhard, though, I'm not sure that I would. Like, if I add Nembhard, maybe we can use him Wednesday, but I'm not sure he'd be my best 10 players on Friday or Sunday, even if Halliburton remains out. 
I'm not sure I'd feel that confidence in him. So while he might be okay to look at it Wednesday, I'm not sure he's going to have value for the rest of the week. And that is a tough call to make. You've got to look at who your other players is. Would Nempard be a starter there? It is hard to make that decision. I can't give you that information. I'm just giving you the idea of, hey, just need to look at it. Because in a lot of cases, I don't think he will be startable on the high volume days. Whereas I think Jackson would be. That was a lot, man. I don't know why that game took so long to talk about. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Have you ever fantasized about being an NBA GM? Of course you have. Why would you be playing fantasy basketball otherwise? This is exactly what you want to do. You want to get in there and you want to play with a franchise. You want to get in there. You want to add coaches and sign coaches and set up training and do trades and sign free agents and make draft picks. Deal with challenging personalities. Oh yeah, challenging personalities. Hiring the right assistants. Navigate your franchise all the way through free agency. Like this is what you want to do. This is why we play fantasy and you can do it here on this game, which is, by the way, offline, free to play. And you can play it whenever and wherever you want. It's ultimate pro basketball GM. This is, again, you guys love playing fantasy. We're almost done. We're 10 days away from the end of the season. Get on this. This is how you fulfill your fantasies of building a squad and taking your squad to glory. Locked on fantasy basketball listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game, go to probasketballgm.com. You can scan the code or look it up on the app store. The code's here on the screen for those of you uh, watching on YouTube. That's probasketballgm.com. The game is Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Let us go to the next game. And I promise we won't talk six minutes on every single game because I don't have the time to do that. Let's go to this next one, though, which is the Houston Rockets and the Brooklyn Nets. Both of these teams go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. This is the first games of the week for the Nets. They do have a stinkingly bad schedule. I am not expecting the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, to play again this season. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. But I don't know. It would make sense to me, considering he has sat five consecutive games with ankle soreness. So we just continue to roll out Tari regular season. For the Nets, they officially ruled Ben Simmons out for the season. We sort of knew that two weeks ago. He's done. Um, Royce O'Neal and Seth Curry both missed. Well, Curry's missed the last two. Royce missed the last one. They're both off the injury report. So they're expected to play where Edmund Sumner is questionable. So on the Rocket side of things, we're expecting pretty strong minutes from Tari Tank season. And in 25-plus, which he should get, he is a 12-team league play. Yes, the schedule stinks. As for most of these teams, Eason probably does push to be startable Friday, Sunday, meaning there's value there. And then Shengun, who's been struggling. It hasn't been great for him since Kevin Porter returned. The offense isn't running through him as much. He has some percentage issues. Usage is a little bit down because the way that they succeed more or he succeeds more is running like a point guard. And with Porter there, he's never going to touch the ball. I'm not saying that Shengun is a drop, but there was a concern that Porter coming back would have a real impact on his assist, and it has. So let's watch to see how that develops. On the net side of things, Cam Thomas played 28 minutes last game. That's more than he played in the three previous games where he combined for zero minutes. And I would expect that he played those 28 minutes because O'Neal, Sumner, and Curry were out. So let's watch. Is Thomas back in the rotation? Or is he back sitting there picking at his knees? Like, I don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to play? I wouldn't bother adding him. I know that much. Um, Dayron Sharp looks like he's locked in as the backup center. 14, 14, and 15 minutes the last three games. But yeah, while we might look, oh, we need some blocks or field goals, that might be useful. He's really not going to be usable Friday, Sunday with 13 games on. So be really cautious about wasting an ad on someone like that if you're not going to use them later in the week.
the Mavs and the Sixers. The Mavericks do have a little bit of a different schedule. Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. So they're one of the teams that plays on the low-volume days coming up, whereas the Sixers go the boring Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. No one for either team has been ruled out at this point. Um, but we do have a couple of well, really important questionable statuses with Jim Harden and Joel Embiid both questionable in Philadelphia. It feels like Harden is a lot closer than Embiid, which is wild to say, considering Harden's missed four straight games and Embiid allegedly missed that game against the Bulls with uh, an injury that wasn't real because it was only because of the point differential. Then he played the back-to-back and sat Monday. Now, I know that's a long way of me saying I don't know whether they're going to play, but I have doubts that Embiid is going to be out here. I'm a little worried that this calf is not like, you know, he's obviously not ducking Nikola Jokic. It's more that this is actually a problem. So we need to watch that. For Dallas, I thought Maxi Kleber was just resting because of the back-to-back and his hamstring issue, but he's officially questionable for Wednesday. So that's a little bit annoying. I expect that he plays, but we watch that one. Um, and then we want to watch what the hell happens with Christian Wood's minutes. 17 minutes and 12 minutes the last two games. And the fact that they won by 23 with him playing 12 minutes makes me, and without Kleber, makes me think that it's probably not worth having Christian Wood. Now, in saying that, him being a viable 25-minute upside player on a Saturday with only four games on makes me think, maybe we hold. But, yeah, if they were going Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, the Mavs, I would say drop Christian Wood. The Saturday makes me pause. And then it also makes me pause on what we do with Jaden Hardy because he played 24 minutes last game with Doncic and Irving there. Now, Irving played six, seven fewer minutes than usual. Doncic played like nine fewer minutes than usual. So that's 16 minutes that went somewhere. And a lot of them went to Hardy. So is he a 15-minute-a-night guy? Because the game before, that's what he, he played 13 minutes the game before. And we don't care about that. And he played 24 in the blowout win against the Pacers. And he was good. But I'm just not sure that 24 minutes actually exist for Jaden Hardy in a competitive game. So while again, streamable, and you might use him on the Saturday... I'm not sure he's going to be replicating what he did last game. But the Sixers, the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris, really continues to be a little bit underwhelming of late. You would hope that he's able to step it up a little bit if Harden and Embiid are out, but it hasn't always been the case. And then we also want to watch Paul Reed because if Embiid is out, they, again, nonsense from another Dr. Rivers where he started Deadman, but Reed played 17 minutes and posted a huge line. Now, if only we could get him to get 25 minutes, he would blow us away. I think Reed becomes a streaming option, but... Rivers is always going to put us in his predicament of like, man, he's not starting him. What's he going to do? How many minutes is he going to play? And then Reed goes out and goes, you know, 17 and six with two steals and two blocks or something like that in 20 minutes. But there's always the Doc Rivers risk factor with any player. The Heat and the Knicks. The Heat are on a back-to-back here. This is their second game against the Knicks. The Heat have a schedule where they play Wednesday with 10 games, Saturday with four games, two games, sorry. So while it's only two more games for the Heat, Wednesday's semi-streamable with 10. Saturday's definitely streamable. That's actually probably a better schedule than the Knicks. You'll get two games out of Heat, guys, and you'll probably get one out of fringe Knicks players. We know that Jimmy Butler is out for the Heat on Tuesday. I expect that that's front-end, back-to-back related, and he plays here. And that also means to me that I think Kyle Lowry will sit on Wednesday. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Um, In terms of the Knicks... Jalen Brunson is the one we want to watch. I thought for sure he would play Monday after having four days off, but he didn't. So we are a little bit worried about his status for Wednesday. And then there's Derek Rose, Dwayne Washington, and Daquan Jeffries, who are all um, who missed all of last game, or but they never play anyway. So I don't know why I'm focusing so much on those guys. On the Heat, it is a back-to-back. We look at, if Lowry's out, we look at Vincent and Oladipo and Struess as additional options. For the Knicks, if Brunson is out, we do go to Grimey. 
this briefcase and this haircut. That'll be interesting. But again, the whole thing revolves around, do we want to waste an ad for Grimes to maybe be useful on Wednesday? But even if Brunson is ruled out for the rest of the week, which I don't expect, you wouldn't even use Grimes on Friday or Sunday. So is that actually worth it? Probably not. Probably not. And then we want to watch Mitchie Robinson, who definitely didn't take it from here last game. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Now, it was a 22-point blowout against the Rockets, and Robinson has been a little bit down with his playing time. In fact, he's hit 30 minutes once in the last three weeks. So we want to watch to see the minute split between him and Isaiah Hartenstein to see if there's anything we can sort of figure out in terms of rotation stuff. Robinson, we still roster, but honestly... If we get another 24-minute 24 24-minute 24 split between him and Hartenstein, on Friday, Sunday, he might not be startable, meaning what am I doing holding on here? Let's get someone who plays Thursday, Saturday instead. That might be a distinct possibility for you. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. The tournament is heating up. We, it couldn't get hotter. We're down to the final four teams in the men's and women's NCAA tournament. There's no better place to get in on the action than Fangio, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, Fangio is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, I don't know why I just paused there. Go to Fangio.com slash locked on and sign up today and you can claim your no-sweat first bet. And then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. Let's look at the odds of who is cutting down the nets over here. We've got, ooh, the women's odds are up as well. South Carolina, uh, they haven't lost a single game all year, have they? They're minus 290. Well, LSU, uh, my son's a massive LSU fan. I don't know how he became that. So he's like telling me, LSU women's team, look out, we're going well. The LSU men's baseball team, we're firing up. So LSU is second favorite, plus 600. And in the men's, Connecticut is the favorite over San Diego State, who's at plus 390. You can do all of this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 when you join Fangio today. Just go to fangio.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with Fangio, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the Lakers and the Bulls. These guys just played each other, but they're back in action again, this time in Chicago, and both of them go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Um, Mo Bumba's out for the Lakers. They did throw LeBron on the injury report as questionable. I don't know if that was the LeBron James of feet that instructed them to do that with the injury designation. We've got Anthony Davis is probable, but great news is D'Angelo Russell is probable to return. I don't think there's any doubt of LeBron sitting, but interesting to list him questionable. Um, For the Bulls, you've got Alex Caruso, the rabbit hunter who missed last game. I think that might have been just a back-to-back situation, while Javante Green continues to be... Well, he's questionable, but... Who knows? And honestly, no offense to Javante, he doesn't really factor into our calculations here for fantasy whatsoever. For the Lakers, what the hell happens with Troy Brown? Because last game was probably the best game of Troy Brown's career, and that was him starting ahead of LeBron. Now, obviously, he won't be starting over LeBron all the time, but maybe he sticks starting and Austin Reeves moves to the bench. It would seem silly, but the skill set that Brown brings, who's been an improved three-point shooter and a pretty strong defender, might actually fit better versus Austin Reeves, who's been really thriving in a ball-handling role, which with Russell and James, that you don't really get. So I want to see what Brown's role is. I'm not adding him by no stretch. He's not doing what he did last game, most likely. But how his role goes and how that impacts Reeves, how that impacts Schroeder, because now you've got Reeves, Brown, Schroeder, Russell, who all need to get minutes, and two or three of them aren't going to get enough to matter. For the Bulls, I do want to watch Kobe White, whose minutes have been strong. His production's been up and down, but 27, 22, 33, 32, 26, 28 minutes. 
that's really, really impressive. Now, some of that time has been without Caruso. There's been one without DeRozan. Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs there, but he's getting minutes most games. He's at least a flyer for points and threes. Um, and he's ahead of like a Desumu. He's probably ahead of a Caruso. Honestly, Caruso is more just a steel streamer. White's got the ability to contribute across multiple categories. And then there's Patrick Beverly, whose value is probably 12-team. It boosts up to definitely 12-team if Caruso is out. But again, we look Friday, Sunday. Is he startable? He probably isn't. So you might want to consider if you need to move off of Pat Beverly. The Jazz and the Spurs. Both these teams go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. These are the Spurs' only game for this week. And there's a lot of uncertainty around both these teams. I absolutely do not expect Colin Sexton to play. I do not expect the man on the street, Jordan Clarkson, to play. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. I do not expect Rudy Gay to play. But I don't know any of those. The other interesting one is going to be Larry Markkinen, who came back, played 36 minutes against the Suns after missing the last two games. I don't think there's really any risk of them losing to the Spurs, but if Lowry plays, there's no chance they lose to the Spurs. Do, do they sit him with a hand-slash-back issue? And the other one to watch is Simone Fontecchio, who had been replacing uh, Markkinen and had played 20-plus minutes in four consecutive games, but he missed last game with a turf toe injury. So if Markkinen's out and Fontecchio's out, they're going to start like... Well, actually, they just signed Lucas Sharmanich. Maybe he plays. But there's um, Johnny Jujang, who might jump into that role as well. But watch for Sharmanich for deeper formats. He might... Might, I said, get some minutes there. Um, for the Spurs, I don't know. I, honestly, I couldn't tell you. These are all the guys that I think are in doubt of playing. Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Jeremy Sohan, Zach Collins, Trey Jones, Devontae Graham, Romeo Langford, and Doug McDermott. I don't know who plays. I guarantee you that some of those guys don't play. I just don't know who. They don't have any back-to-backs this week, but that hasn't stopped them at all at any point. Somebody is going to miss. At least, I would say, two people are going to be out of this game. I just don't know who they are, and we might we'll find out later on, but I, I just don't know who they're going to be. So somebody is going to miss. So there's going to be some Spurs out. There's going to be some Spurs questionable. There's going to be some Spurs that step up. The only guys I feel comfortable in playing or in... Well, actually, we'll go to the Jazz first. Osha Abaji is showing his limitations. His value rises when Markkinen's out because he gets more shots, but realistically, he's a three-point streamer that even if Markkinen was out Friday, Sunday, I don't think Abaji would be a startable player. And then I also want to watch Chris Dunn, who I think is startable. But if Clarkson and Sexton do come back, Dunn could get zero minutes. He could. He could. I don't think that'll happen. So we want to roll with him for now. But watching their play and their role and the absence or presence of Mark and Sexton Clarkson is interesting. For the Spurs, the only two guys I actually feel confident in playing every game is Sandro Mamakilishvili and even Kater Bates-Diop. I could throw Blake Wesley in there. I could throw Malachi Branham in there. Maybe. Mamakilishvili is probably the only one I think that you know is usable. Now, if Collins doesn't, if Collins does play, you wouldn't start Mamu on Friday or Sunday. But if Collins is out, I think you probably would. Mamu's an interesting guy, but there's so much uncertainty that you could burn a ad there and it doesn't do anything. Yeah, Zach Collins is a great guy to add, but does he actually play? I don't know. I think he might play. Yeah, who knows? He played the last game, played 31 minutes. He sat the game before that. He's been on, off, on, off the last four games. So is this an off? Is he back on against the Warriors? Are they going to make sure they lose against the Jazz? I, I don't know. It makes it hard. The Clippers and the Grizzlies. Um, 
The Clippers, Wednesday, Friday, but Saturday. So a little bit of an interesting schedule for them. While the Grizzlies go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. This is a back-to-back for the Grizzlies. And we know that Ja Morant is doubtful, so he's unlikely to play Tuesday. I think it's probably back-to-back related. So Ja will likely play Wednesday, is my guess. We know that Stephen Adams is out. Zaire and Vince Williams are probably going to be out as well. And then there's Norman Powell, who's going to return in one of the next three games. I don't think it's going to be this one. Otherwise, they probably would have said he'll be back for this game versus he'll be back at some point in the next three. So I would guess that maybe it's the middle game of this three-game road trip for the Clippers, not the first one, but Powell could return. The other one is Marcus Morris Sr., who sat last game with an illness. I'm going to list him questionable here, but the reports are that, A, he's lost. Well, that's not a report. Ty Lue said, yes, Batum is our starting power forward moving forward. But the other report is that Marcus Morris won't actually be a rotation player and that Bob Covington will be that guy that plays the backup role behind Batum. So what we want to watch on the Clippers is Batum. He played 31 minutes last game. Obviously, what he did in that game is completely not rooted in reality. He hit eight threes and shot 80%. Not going to happen. But as an overall contributor who can get some steals, hit some threes, and be okay with percentages, maybe block a shot, there is some value in him as a starter, for sure. I also want to watch the big stiffy, the five-minute man, Bones Highland, because he's played 26, 24, 24 the last three games. And as long as Norman Powell is out, Bones is worth streaming. If Powell plays, I don't think that Bones necessarily even gets minutes. On the Grizzlies, it is a back-to-back. So if Jar is out, we go back to Tyus Jones and... We see what's able to happen there. We keep a close eye on the cashier, Xavier Tillman. The Pistons and the Thunder. Um, the Thunder here are another team coming on a back-to-back. The, both teams go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday from Wednesday out. We know that. We don't know this because the Pistons won't tell us, and there is absolutely zero focus on this from anybody in the media. But um, Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks just don't play. Nobody says anything about it. They have been... No, there's no report. Again, the amount of shit that teams like the Thunder get, or even the Blazers getting at the moment, again, somewhat rightfully so, um, because of injuries. But Bogdanovich has not played since he played 39 minutes randomly on the 1st of March. Burks last played on the 7th of March, where he played 23 minutes. And they just haven't played since, and nobody says anything about it. Which is frustrating to me, because I want the Pistons to cop as much shit as possible, because the direction of their franchise is frustrating. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Rocket Rodney Magruder. Rocket, 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 we can't think. We can't think. Sorry, come, on, come on, come on, come on. He's missed the last two games with a foot sprain. Coincidentally, since Isaiah Livers returned, that foot got sprained. Don't know if Isaiah stood on it or what happened there. So I'm not expecting Magruder to play. The big one we have to watch, though, is in OKC because Shea Goodis Alexander sprained his ankle Sunday and he is out on Tuesday. Maybe this is precautionary because it's the back to back. He might sit against the Pistons, but they need to keep winning here. They've got an easy stretch of games with Hornets, Pistons, Pacers coming up, but they still need to get every win they can. So Shea's one we'll need to watch. While Lindy Waters is dealing with a um, a foot issue, and that kept him out for the game on Sunday, and he's already been ruled out Tuesday. And if Shea's out, Waters is a guy that could actually pop into some interesting minutes, but yeah, we don't know that he's going to play for the Pistons. We want to watch Jalen Duran. They're bringing him off the bench for reasons that make no sense at all. He's clearly their best center. He played the minutes over James Wiseman in each of the last two games, which is great. 25-23, 28-20. We still roll with Duran over Wiseman very, very clearly, but there's always room for shenanigans when he's getting benched um, so an inferior player can start. The other one we want to watch, speaking of inferior players, starting is Marvin Bagley. They are pumping so many minutes into him. 30, 41, 30, 36. So we just roll with Bagley. Him getting that, that many minutes... Um, turns him into a fantasy guy just through brutality of volume. 
that brings him to value. Now we know that on a team that's legitimate, he will never play those minutes or get those touches. It's just not a lot. He's not good enough to do that. But this team just doesn't care about that, so he's going to get playing time, and he is useful for us. The Kings and the Blazers. We got the official word today from Chris Haynes, which is as official as it gets in terms of hearing from Damian Lillard that Damian Lillard is out for the season. Cool. Talked to that last week. Um, we haven't heard anything on Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant. Well, that's not true. You guys have heard it because I told you again last week that they are done for the season. There's been nothing official from a Haynes or from the team or anything like that, but they're cooked. There's no Lillard. There's no Simons. There's no Grant. There's no Nurkic. There's no Winslow. These guys are not playing. What I don't know is whether Trenton Watford is going to return. I think he will return. I don't think it's a significant ankle injury. And then Cam Reddish with a back problem. I think Reddish might be sort of iffy to play there. For the Kings, as per usual, there's nobody injured for them. Um, I do want to watch Malik Monk. Just uh, Is there any level of consistency with this bloke? No, is the answer. But let's see what he can do. Look at his minutes. 17, 19, 10 with an ejection, and then 27. Like You can't plan for that. It's all over the shop. I also want to watch Keegan Murray, who, again, 32, 38. Oh, no, that's, that's her. Wrong, wrong K. We're looking at Keegan Murray. Sorry, yeah. 28, 37, 28. His last four games have been wild. 39 minutes, 28 minutes, 37 minutes, 28 minutes. Miss a couple of shots, play 10 minutes fewer. That is the Keegan Murray story, and that has been the Keegan Murray story all season. So we'll see what he's able to do here. This might be a 30-point blowout, so he might only play 30 anyway. For the Blazers, the guy that I'm very, very interested in watching is Keon Johnson. Starting Ryan Archer, Jackano is ludicrous. Johnson is the guy I'm interested in. He played 31 minutes last game, and he's absolutely a 14-team league guy, and I think might be a 12-teamer. But he probably wouldn't be startable Friday, Sunday. Drew Eubanks would be. Absolutely. Shaden Sharp would be. Absolutely. Thibel is iffy. I wouldn't bother with Thibel in a 12-10 points league. In a category league, if I need steals, that's who he is. I'm not expecting anything else, but his minutes continue to be a joke. 28, 14, 33, 14. Pick a pattern out of that. I dare you. You can't. Um, the Wolves and the Suns. Both of these teams go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday to end the week. We're expecting Carl Anthony Towns to play. He sat last game due to the back-to-back. There was a late scratch last game from the artist formerly known as Torian Prince with an illness. I expect that he plays, but I also expect that he doesn't impact much for fantasy. Well, for the Suns, Kevin Durant is returning. So they have no one injured at all. Fully healthy. Durant is back. I want to watch what they do with Nas Reed. In this situation, how many minutes does Reed get with a healthy team? He's played 20 minutes in, or at least 20 minutes in six consecutive games, two of those with Towns back. So I think he's at least usable. And Kyle Anderson, we keep rolling with him as well until we hear, until we see him play like 22. Like, but for now, even with Towns back, we keep rolling with Kyle. For the Suns, of course, we want to watch Durant. We want to see how Durant looks. We want to see what his minutes are. I think he'll be around 30 for one or two games, then push up to 35. But then how the, the trickle-down effect, what it means for a Kogi, for Craig, for Ross, for Warren, for Wainwright. How does that impact those guys who'd been fringy sort of players? Um, we don't care for any of those guys now for 12-team leagues, but let's see if anyone particularly wins out there. In terms of injury replacement streaming, I don't know about Buddy Hield, but if he is out, we lean more into Jordan Wara. If Middleton is out, it's Grayson Allen, then Javon Carter. Yeah, Joe Ingles would be a beneficiary if he plays. If Joel Embiid is out, I'll go with Reed over Harrell and Dedman. If Harden is out, it's Melton and Milton. Although, again, we saw that our uh, results may vary there. If Brunson is out, we go with Quickly and then Grimes. If Russell is out, but he's not going to be, it's going to be Schroeder. If Morant is out, and he's not going to be either, we go to Tyus Jones and Dylan Brooks. And if Markinen's out, it's Abaji and Fontecchio if he's available. And if Fontecchio's out, it's probably going to be Shamanich or Jujang, I would guess. The only team with a back-to-back is the Milwaukee Bucks. 
We talked about that already. Let's talk about streaming for Wednesday. It's tough with 10 games on, but we might be able to get some value in here because Drew Eubanks is an absolute must-roster player. Now, I've gone yeah, 31 minutes in this show, and we haven't talked about the bloke that's on the thumbnail, but here we are. Like Drew Eubanks has to be rostered in all leagues. Last season, he was a playoff fantasy playoff winner. He's going to do it again this season. He's not a league winner because that term's really overused and not relevant. But he is a guy that's going to impact leagues and is a must-roster guy. Marvin Bagley should be streamed. All these guys are available in 50% plus of leagues. TJ McConnell, yeah, that's assuming Halliburton's out. I think he's worth looking at. Killian Hayes. Jalen Duran is a pretty good stream guy as well. Yeah, he's available. Even though he's playing backup minutes, I think Duran is a really strong option here. Jordan Nwora boosts especially if Heald and Halliburton and Turner are out. Horton Tucker and Dunn also under the assumption that Clarkson and Sexton are sitting down. For deeper leagues, these guys are available in 90% plus. Isaiah Livers, Nico Batum, I'd throw him into even standard leagues. Uh, Dayron Sharp, Aaron Neesmith, Gabe Vincent, whose value spikes if Kyle Lowry rests as we expect. Keon Johnson, he's pushing to 12s. Corey Joseph, if he plays, and Pig Williams in Oklahoma City. For points league, Zach Collins is available in 40% plus. I don't know that he's going to play, but if he does, then yeah, absolutely we use him for Wednesday. You've got Bagley, Horton Tucker, Shaden Sharp, Drew Eubanks, Killian Hayes, Jeremy Sohan. Same story with um, Zach Collins. Zohan now! Just don't know if he's going to play. And Sticks, Jalen Smith is on there. Stay by your man! Smith and Isaiah Jackson are streams in category leagues as well. If we're looking just at the next four nights, there are two low-volume days, Thursday and Saturday, and there's only one team that plays both of those days, and that's the Pelicans. So Josh Richardson, Najee Marshall, Larry Nance have a boost there. And then we've got a bunch of guys that play one quality game over the next four days, which is useful because there's plenty of guys who play zero. So we're looking at Terrence Mann, KCP, Nico Batum, Bruce Brown, and Caleb Martin, all useful enough to get at least one game on a non-high-volume day. For the next four days in total, which includes the big Wednesday and the even bigger Friday, Batum and Terrence Mann and the Clippers have three games. You've got Eubanks with two, Shaden Sharp with two, Eric Gordon with three, Bagley with two, McConnell with two, and Killian Hayes with two as really solid options. And a lot of those guys like Eubanks, um, probably Gordon, Sharp, Bagley, probably McConnell would be startable even on the high volume Friday. If we look at the upcoming days of action, only one team plays three games in four nights. So you're going to get a Kawhi Leonard sit, maybe. Not guaranteed, he might sit. But the Clippers, the only team, play three games in four nights. No one plays four in five. No one plays four in six because Monday, there are no games next week. No one plays five in seven, but there are a bunch of teams that go five games in eight nights. The Nets, Pistons, Lakers, Bulls, Kings, Grizzlies, and Bucks play five games in the next eight nights. Make your streaming decisions based on that. And guys... That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.